if you need an outside st- stimulus to to release dopamine, you're constantly looking for it. But if you have high dopamine levels already, you're already focused on the Got one it. thing that you're doing. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie on this show. My job is to track down the best goalies, best coaches, best special guests that can help you boost your lacrosse goalie game. Each episode, I hope you take a few things away, maybe a little bit of inspiration, maybe a little bit of knowledge that you can use to level up your own lacrosse goalie game. One day I was scrolling my Instagram and a video of this guy talking about nootropics and their benefits for lacrosse goalies appeared. And I knew I had to get him on the show because I had questions. What's a nootropic? Why are you so jacked? Where'd you play lacrosse? And what's the story behind that hair? The man was Brian Moscow, my guest on this episode. He's co-founder and CEO of Chemix Lifestyle. But more importantly, well, I guess to this podcast anyway, he is a lacrosse goalie and he's an awesome guy. You're going to enjoy this conversation about nootropics, weightlifting, bodybuilding, supplements, chemistry, and of course, lacrosse back in our day. Brian is about the same age as me. I do want to put a disclaimer on this episode, only episode I felt the need to put a disclaimer on. This conversation, purely entertainment, okay? If you decide to take any supplements or put anything in your body that you hear on this episode, please do so under the supervision of either your parents and or a doctor, okay? Disclaimer is out. I do owe Brian a little bit of an apology, actually a big time apology. We recorded an entire episode that I lost to a tech failure. First time that's ever happened, but Brian was a good enough dude to record this episode all over again. And I gotta say, it turned out beautiful the second time. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode with Brian Moscow, aka the Gorilla Chemist. Before we begin this episode, I want to let you know about a really cool opportunity that I put on that I'm giving to you guys for free. It's a virtual coaching session that you can get access to. The technique is called the hop, and you're seeing a lot of goalies, including top NCAA and pro goalies, use this technique to get better balance, to make more saves, to be quicker, to have faster reaction time. I learned the technique from John Galloway, and I just put on a virtual coaching session teaching it all, giving giving you everything that you need to know about this technique. I got a lot of high-def videos that go into, into depth on how to do it, what the benefits are. So check it out, laxgoalyrat.com slash hop laxgoalyrat.com slash hop. You can get signed up and get a replay of the live free coaching event. Once again, that's laxgoalyrat.com slash hop. Enjoy the show. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show, Brian Moscow, uh, aka the Gorilla Chemist on Instagram and the company. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Damon. I know uh, it's been a long time coming and we've been in contact, so I'm really excited to do this show with you. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, 
First of all, I owe you an apology. This has never happened before, but we did this podcast about six months ago. And when I went in there to edit it, it, it cut out after five minutes. So I, I, we're on episode 130 something. I've never had a tech failure. So sorry about that. But the good news is we're going to have a great conversation today and I'm excited for it. Uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to get started by uh, hearing your experience, your lacrosse goalie experience. I mean, do you remember the first time you jumped into goal? I, I do. I got a late start because I grew up in South Florida. Lacrosse was not a, a big thing in the like late 90s, early 2000s. It, uh, so I started off as a hockey goalie and my best friend played lacrosse. I had no idea what it was. His dad actually won a national championship at Roanoke in 76, I think. Mm-hmm. And so we, he's like, do you want to try out our, our, vars- our JV team needs a goalie? It's like, sure, I'll do it. And I just remember first time stepping in definitely was a little afraid of the ball because there's not the padding I had in hockey, yeah. but everyone goes through that. And then you always remember the first time you get pinged. So like on the shin or something. So that was another experience, but I fell in love from like day one as a goalie. And I'd never even thought about playing another position. It was strictly goalie. Love it. Which I know a lot of the people you have started off as other positions and had, you know, developed, but had really good stick skills and played out and then got hopped in the goal. Right. Most people do, including myself. Yeah. I started as a midi, which usually helps, but I've, I've had a couple yeah. stories where people are just like, I'm a goalie. I've always been a goalie and, and they were goalie from a day one. So I've seen it both ways, but yeah, most of the time people start in the field, which I think helps you learn the stick skills and the defense and all, all the other stuff that, that really helps. But either way, um, coming from the ice hockey background, did you ever throw on some extra pads? Did you ever go like, you know, it's so much easier just to make a save, like with my shoulder, as opposed to trying to get my stick over there? Yes. So we had a, my friend, my best friend lived, I was talking about, we had this big open field in the, behind his house and we had a goal that we made. And the first time I got in there, I had my chest protector from hockey on with the big pads because I didn't know what to expect. And so I definitely had the big shoulders and and getting hit there was a lot easier. And I don't know, I guess it's like a disadvantage, but I learned that to do that way. So even playing now in men's league and all throughout college, I make a lot of body saves that really probably should be stick saves. It's just from years of Mm -hmm. like natural instinct to move up like this instead of, you know, moving your stick. Yeah. I mean, anything you can do to make a save is fine, right? right? Like we talk so much and analyze saves so much, but at the end of the day, like we're chasing saves, we're not chasing perfection. So um, I posted a a clip of the, uh, of the Maryland goalie just recently, a little reel. And um, you know, he's, he's a smaller kid and like inside shot and he just, bam. I mean, that's all he does. He just, he just moves a little bit and gets his shoulder on it. And that's what you got to do sometimes. Right. Exactly. So like, that's, I guess my hockey background, I think, helped me as a goalie for lacrosse just from the instinct of moving to the ball. That was a very natural progression. I know a lot of people or goalies don't have that instinct to step mm. to the ball. Yeah. But that, I think playing hockey helped me make that a natural progression. So I think, but, but to your point, stopping the ball is stopping the ball, right? So yeah. whatever you get in front of it is it always counts. I had yeah. a, also like kick saves. I was big on that because of hockey at first, initially when I was in high school, I got better at controlling it when I was in college, but it's just, it was just a habit, like a natural instinct to kick at the ball just from hockey. Interesting. But it worked out. <laughs> yeah. The other 
thing about ice hockey goalie is their technique for low saves is like you drop in the butterfly so that your leg mm-hmm. pads like, you know, kind of shoot or like parallel to the ground, but on basically on the ground. Did you ever Correct. incorporate that style into your lacrosse goalie game? A hundred percent. That was initially how I started. Cause you know, in, in high school, everybody kind of does bounce shots, right? Like that's what coaches teach you put on the ground. So my natural instinct was to almost dive down with my knees. I, I did hit my knees on the ground on the ground a lot going for saves. And so that was initially how I started. And then I learned, okay, I have to, I can just, I have to stand up too and do all these other techniques. But yes, initially it was basically how goal, hockey goalies do the butterfly position, yeah. what you're talking about. I did, I did that a lot at first. And you see it, you see it. Some goalies out there like who, um, like I sponsored one kid, Brett Dobson, who, uh, Canadian grew up playing hockey, right. Still plays a lot of, um, box goalie, but, but, um, you know, he does that like, you know, he'll get down uh, and spread out his knees when he goes down low, which, Hey, it gives you more, um, covers more goal. So why not? It does. And speaking of box real quickly, I had my, since we last talked, I had my first box experience playing goalie and it okay. was just like playing hockey back in the day. Like I, I understand that they're not supposed to do a lot of moves. It's very this and this, but I was back in my old hockey mentality and we played really well. We won. It was like a really good feeling to play because I've yeah. never done it before. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say box goalie is way more similar to ice hockey goalie than it is to field oh, yeah. the field lacrosse goalie. hundred percent. Um, the other question I was going to ask regarding ice hockey. So ice hockey, like the shots always come from the ice or I don't know, 90, 95, 90, you know, a high percentage. They're always coming from the ice. So you as an ice hockey goalie can just focus on that, on that puck. But like as a field uh, lacrosse goalie, the shots are coming from anywhere and any angle. I mean, almost 360 degrees these, these days, the kids can like wind up over here and then, and then bring it across. Um, Was that kind of a, a huge change for you? Or how did you go about, you know, focusing on the shots and field lacrosse? It was uh, initially it was hard because I was so used to focusing really on one plane. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my style was to go down a lot. So it took some coaching to help me to stand up for every shot. Cause I was so used to going down for saves in hockey, but I had a really good uh, high school goalie coach. His name was Donald Goldstein. He was number two all time in saves from UMass behind um, Sal Acasio. Mm. So he, he taught, he, I give him all the credit in the world. Tyler knows him too, really well for teaching me really how to play lacrosse versus what I was as just a raw hockey goalie. That's never played before. Yeah. So it was, it was initially, it was a struggle, but it, in the end it became a strong point just cause I really focused on it. And what, you know, what sort of things did he teach you? Was it like, this is how you stand, this is how you make saves or, or was it something else? he did a lot of drills where with stepping, he did a lot of drills with tennis balls and the juggling that you always talk about and how that's really good hand-eye coordination. We did a lot of wall ball and we did a lot of, um, high to high offside high, everything like to teach me to stand up mm-hmm. and goal versus always have the, the natural instinct to go down. So he really made me into whatever goalie I became. He was responsible for it, it was hundred percent. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then, you know, you, you kind of play in high school. Um, I think you were, you were mentioning that you were, uh, you went to the same high school as Tyler Storer, uh, who yes. I just did a podcast with, uh, maybe played, <laughs> played behind him. Uh, do you, do you remember him as a teammate? 
absolutely. Tyler, you can't forget Tyler. <laughs> He's yeah. one of those guys, <laughs> super genuine, cares about everybody, cares about the team, and at the same time was very competitive as far as always wanted to win, always wanted us to do well. And he was a leader on our team. Absolutely. Great mentor. I have nothing but high praise for Tyler. And then to go on and play at BYU and and then, like we talked about, giving back so much to the community, coaching with our old high school coach for a while, coaching uh, our old high school now, I believe, in South Florida. So he's uh, he's amazing. And then I was lucky to have him ahead of me as a goalie. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Um, and then after after high school, you went on and played collegiate lacrosse. Is that right? I did. I uh, I played at... Uh, UCF in Central Florida, so I I had a couple of experiences with going either to D three or to D one, but I wound up transferring and going to UCF to play. Mm-hmm. And that was I was actually a co founder of that team. We didn't have a team until two thousand and one, and that's when we actually only had thirteen players. So that was a very good experience. If you're talking about seeing lots of shots, because we were terrible, our very first game. We played uh, Florida State, who at the time was really, really good. I don't know how they are now. And I had 37 saves and a loss for 16 to 4. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't believe it when I, until I saw the, the stat book. I mean, yeah. I remember getting pelted with shots, but 37 was, a, was like a, a ridiculous amount of shots I saw. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and then still 16, uh, 16 on the board. So, like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of shots. Uh, it, it was. It was. I enjoy that. I'm, I'm one of, I don't know if all goalies are like this, but I like the action. Um, for example, in men's league last summer, like Owen Seawold was Seawold was down and a bunch of other like D1 kids and, and former D1 kids were down. And I, I'm like, we got real friendly over the summer. And at the last game of the season, I was like, okay, all of you guys play the starting six on the other team. I want to like, just bring it. Like, let's just have fun. Yeah. And it was, and that's what I enjoy. Like, I don't know if it's like the adrenaline rush or whatever it is, but I, I love games where I see tons of shots. I think that all of the elite goalies have to love seeing shots. If you don't love seeing shots, like you're just not going to make it as a lacrosse goalie. I think I mean, that's what we yeah. do, right? That's what we do. It's like it is. You got you have to just see reps, and you have to see reps. And and if you don't like seeing reps, then you're probably not going to make it. And 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 if if you don't like seeing reps because you're getting pinged in the shins like i say throw on the pads um you know especially during practice i don't know what your thoughts are on on protection my thoughts have changed so initially you know i think we're almost around the same year in college and high school right so what in my when i was young and playing it was almost frowned upon you know it was more of the girls wear leg pads and so the only thing i did was i've always worn sweatpants just because Everyone I looked up to playing when I was in high school that played in college, I had sweatpants because that was like the, the thing, but that was yeah. the only extra padding that I had. And, and I, do, I do believe that it helped a little bit, especially in high school. But yeah. um, I, my, since then, and especially since listening to you talk about this with other goalies, I don't think there's any shame in putting on pads, in, especially in practice, because nothing is worse than in a warm up when your coach is like, you're just, you're not even playing a scrimmage, you're just warming up and you get pinged in like the shin or something. You're not ready for it. It's the worst. So I think that, yeah, it is the worst. So I think that for kids that, especially it would be a deterrent not to use those pads, right? Because yeah. a lot of people, especially that start as young as they do, 
it is intimidating to get shot on and, and if you don't know how it feels or what to expect. So I think that it, I encourage it for younger players, especially younger players to, to do it, whatever they have to do to learn how to play. And then as they feel comfortable, they can take the pads off slowly and at their own pace. 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the goalies you looked up to when you were in high school, who, who were those goalies? Jim Brown from Loyola. I don't know if you remember him. There's like a nineties guy. Brown. I don't. Really yeah. Good. I'll have to look him up. I, I, I don't, to be honest. I just, my exposure in high school was very limited. There wasn't YouTube clips or everything. So to right. see games, it was on ESPN two or something. You had to catch them live. So I didn't get to, I only got to see like basically the playoffs of lacrosse because right. they covered a lot more now, but they didn't back then. So seeing the, like Loyola was a big one. Um, and then, you know, Tillman Johnson, obviously for Virginia. And I forgot the goalie before him from Virginia, but like I met him. Oh, Billy Day from UNC. Yep. He was a big one. Uh, I, I met him at a Bill Pilot's goalie school because mm-hmm. they did a one in Florida and one in Roanoke. So living in Florida, Tyler and I actually drove together up to that in high school and went to the Bill Pilot's camp together and Billy Day was there as a coach. He was awesome. So like such a funny guy. He, yeah. Uh, he kept making, he hates some goalies do the little twist with their sticks. Like they're fidgety. He was always more like, 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 like the spinet in your hands. Yes. The spinet. He, he hated it at the time. And uh, he used to make some Seinfeld reference about it because this is like in 98 or something or 97, <laughs> but he was, he was awesome uh, at UNC and, um, the goalie before, uh, in Virginia, we actually, like, I was a big, in South Florida, I had this, a hookup for these fake Oakleys and I brought a bunch of them to the camp to trade for gear and stuff. Yeah. And the Virginia goalie gave me his sweatpants, like that said his number and VA. And in high school, that was like the coolest thing and for me. So I just, uh, I, I looked up to a lot of guys that li- the limited exposure I had to lacrosse growing up in South Florida. Yeah. Love it. That's funny. You mentioned the Oakleys. Cause, um, I remember like when we would go to, uh, you know, the U- UCF is the MCLA, right? Like I remember we'd go yeah. to the, the MCLA championships and like afterwards, like you'd just trade all your gear. So like, Hey, I got a Cal lacrosse shirt and I'd trade it for like a Texas A&M lacrosse shirt. And like, yeah, hey, I got these Cal lacrosse shorts and I'd trade them for like BYU shorts or you just like do all this, this bartering for different gear, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the fascination is, I, but I, I, I love it. I, I, I work out here with this kid. Um, his name is Mitch. He went to JMU. He's a, he played long pole, yeah. but he went to boys Latin in high school and he got me some boys Latin swag, which was really cool. Because when I was in high school, they were the number one team in the country. Like nobody beat them. Them and like yeah. West Jenny. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I was a big person to, to trade for gear and loved representing lacrosse in any capacity. That's awesome. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, you mentioned you start, so you started the program at UCF, uh, UCF. Um, you know, how was that? Like if someone's thinking about starting a program, like how did you go about, how did you go about even doing it? There was a kid named, um, Brett Van Alstine and he initially basically sent a blast about, Hey, if you're interested in signing up for a UCF men's lacrosse club, 
we have a meeting in, it was in December of, I think, 2001, if, and, sh- and show up and, and express your interest. And so through that meeting, we went through all of the regulations with UCF's club committees to get funding, to get uh, everything we needed to start the program from a legality standpoint. And we only had 13 players. And one of them was very religious and didn't play on Sundays. And a lot of our games were Saturday and Sunday. Mm. So sometimes we only had one or two subs the whole game. We were very much Iron Man lacrosse. Yeah. Guys probably, was, those you know, guys are probably in pretty good shape by, by the end of the season, huh? <laughs> running up yes. and down the field. <laughs> Everybody was in real good shape from running just because A, we were a first-year team that was not great, and B, we only had 13 players. But it was definitely a, lo- a learning experience. And, you know, this has been over 20 years that the program has grown so much now. Mm, yeah. And lacrosse in general in Florida like central Florida has really blown up from us. I mean, like the Bernhards are from there. And so that the Lake Mary area and Lake and all of those have really brought exposure to lacrosse in central Florida, which has reflected UCF's program as far as getting people that, you know, might not want to go D one might just want to stay close to home and play like club lacrosse and have fun and get the college experience versus you know, 6 a.m. practice every day and, and then right. in the afternoon, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the MCLA, I feel like. I mean, you get good competitive lacrosse, you get the teammate experience, you get like the feeling of winning and and just a lot of, you get a lot of the things, but yeah, it's at the same time, then you also can have like a college experience and you can go to the football games on Saturdays and, and let cut loose a little bit. So uh, yeah, it's a good option for a lot of kids. It is. I, I think for anyone who wants more than just the lacrosse experience, it's yeah. a very, it's a very close second because you, it's still very competitive. It's not, you know, Bush league. It's, it's right. very competitive. There's the, the teams have expanded so much since I was in college. It's yeah. now almost every university, even if they have a D one program or D two also has a club now too. So yeah. from like California, lots of teams have grown out there that we got to play later on and uh, just everywhere throughout the country has expanded the MCLA, which I love. And so I'm glad that I was kind of on the ground floor with the program to, to see it grow to where it is now. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. I know a bunch of goalies that um, I don't know if they're from central Florida, but they're from Florida. So, I mean, I could, you know, there's a bunch of goalies playing D one or, um, you know, just graduated that, you know, come from Florida. So it's, and, and California too. So it's cool to see, you know, these non hotbeds grow and, yeah. and see the sport grow just, you know, as someone like you and me who, who love the sport, I think that's just awesome to see. It is. And the, the beauty about Florida and California is you could play 24, seven, 365. So there's no fall, like, and then winter season, you're just, it's sunny all the time. So you, there's no excuse to not be out there and playing. Yeah. Yeah. I never played in a snow game until we went to uh, Utah to play BYU. And then that was, that was our first taste of a snow game. And it man, that was, it was cold. <laughs> that's, that's a different experience. I had it a totally lot of is, right? rain. I had a lot of rain experience being in Florida and, but um, obviously not a snow thing until college. Yeah. Love it. Cool. So after college, or I don't know if it was after college, you got really into like bodybuilding and, and nutrition. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. So 
I started following bodybuilding in college and got into weightlifting and all of all of that. And then I competed after I graduated college in 2004 in bodybuilding. And so I really got into like what supplements you're supposed to take to do this and how they work. And that triggered in my brain something where, okay, I really am into this. How do you, how do I learn more from a formal education standpoint? And so in 2007, I decided to go back to college to get a chemistry degree Mm. and really learn how all these molecules work in your body and why you take creatine to build muscle, how it works, what's like, how does caffeine stimulate your central nervous system, all of these things. And then uh, after graduating there, I went on to grad school at Georgia Tech, who also has an awesome lacrosse program. Shout out to Ken Lovick for being awesome. And this, and got my master's in biochemistry and organic chemistry from Georgia Tech, which really taught me a, like a new level of understanding how chemistry works. And I applied that to understanding how supplements work, breaking them down. So like how the molecule that's in the supplement actually interacts with your enzymes in your body and makes the pronounced effect. So I then started to try to get jobs in that field. And I went on to work at the University of Tampa in their human performance lab, which they do a lot of studies on supplement ingredients and weight training exercises and stuff like that. And then from there, I moved out to, I was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Blackstone Labs. They were at the time really, really big. I know they had some issues lately, but I went on to work with them and I was their chief science officer and formulated all their products moving forward. And then I really got to understand how the supplement industry works. And then in 2019, the end of 2019, I started Chemex with some partners and we started to make our, our my own stuff, like on my own, finally, instead of, you know, having, working for another company. That's awesome. And so now and I get to make whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's what you're doing. Thing. That's what you're doing right now. CEO of, of, of Chemex. Yes. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I follow the Gorilla Chemist uh, online, which you guys should as well. And and one of the posts that really caught my attention, you were talking about, uh, I don't even know if I can say it right, like nootropics, nootropics, yes. right? And you were basically saying that nootropics, you know, you're talking about they're, they're a great supplement for lacrosse goalies. And so obviously I was like, bing, uh, <laughs> like, like um, I got to learn more about this. And I think that's, that's what initially uh, uh, prompted me to reach out to you to chat. What is a nootropic? So a nootropic. A nootropic is essentially a compound that enhances brain activity through uh, different mechanisms. So it's not, I don't consider caffeine a nootropic. It's a central nervous stimulant. So when I looked into nootropic ingredients, my focus was, okay, how do ADHD medications work? What's the pathway for these molecules that causes the effect of increased focus because I don't know if a lot of listeners out here in college have ever taken Adderall to study, but if you don't need to take those medications, they give you an incredible sense of focus. And the diff, the reason is they, your body has a certain amount of dopamine and what Adderall does is it, in, it releases a bunch of dopamine and then inhibits it from being reuptake into your brain. So you have this sense of, you have all this stimuli in front of you that you can handle. 
versus people who actually need ADHD medication, they don't produce enough dopamine normally. So they, the reason they constantly look around like this is because they're trying to get exogenous stimuli to, to release dopamine to get that rush or that feeling to get uh, all of the focus from that. Yeah. So dopamine is, is called, a, it's a monoamine, is like the subclass of what it is. And so is serotonin. And those two compounds are responsible for, you know, your mood, well-being, uh, euphoria, and focus. So when I was looking at ingredients to make this nootropic, I wanted to see what ingredients have the same pathway, metabolic pathways, and hit the same receptors that the prescription drugs see and see if there's a, anything natural that can mimic that. Because obviously there's laws on what can be supplements and what are drugs. So something has to be naturally occurring to be a supplement. So that, so that kind of spiraled into, okay, let me, I, I always testing everything on myself. So I have a really good supplier that can find, that can source different materials for, for my company. And so I just started really digging into papers and reading extracts or um, about what these, what these obscure botanicals that have these compounds in them, how to get them, how to extract them, uh, how to make, how to use the enough of it to feel something. And one of those is something called Kana, which is big in South Africa. It's this plant that they chew over there, similarly how we chew tobacco, and it releases a bunch of serotonin. So it enhances your mood, makes you uh, slightly euphoric, gives you just, um, overall well-being sense and then can increase focus and brain activity through the release of serotonin and dopamine. So that was a, a when I when I figured out that supplement I would then I had to play around with what the doses were and based off of what they chew in South Africa somewhere between 500 and 1500 milligrams of the plant is what you need. So I use a thousand milligrams in my product and that was that was one of the biggest ones I found is, is Kana. And then, yeah, it's an interesting, like once you start looking past America and looking at all the different types of botanicals that grow over the, all over the world and how cultures find these things like via just living, like they, they'd say, hey, I'm going to chew this and see what happens. Right. And then you find, then they, scientists find these papers on, uh, do these studies and say like, this is how this works. And so I was able to pull up papers on different, materials and see how how they affect focus how they affect your brain activity yeah you know like we just talked about that's so interesting I, it reminds me of like the the the, the peruvians chew the coca leaves right and they probably yes. didn't they probably didn't know all the the science behind it but they just yeah. <laughs> hey chew yeah. this and like it gives you this effect uh let me see if i can understand what you just said not being a a, a phd <laughs> or a, a master's in in uh in in chemistry so you got serotonin and dopamine levels. And I always thought that those were like, they controlled like your happiness levels, yes. but you're also saying they control focus. Yes. Okay. Do. And when you take, go ahead. Particularly um, dopamine is one of the main ones that increases focus. And that's also part of your body's reward system. Yeah. So whenever you get like an emotional high and you get that dopamine release that gives you that slight like euphoric feeling, that's your body rewarding yourself for whatever just happened. So you naturally will produce dopamine 
when you're doing something that you experiencing is like a very high emotional activity. That part I knew that part I knew so right. far so good. Right. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately nowadays with the cell phones, like a lot of that, a lot of technology has sort of hijacked the dopamine, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, I look at Instagram and I go, Oh, cool. Like five new likes and boosh, I get a little hit. Um, yeah. and anyway, maybe that's a whole other conversation, but, but coming back to this, so <laughs> dopamine, like how does it impact the focus? Like if my dopamine levels are high, am I really, I can really concentrate on some, on a task at hand. Right. Because your body releases dopamine as a result of some type of stimulus. So if you, okay. if you need an outside st stimulus to, to release dopamine, you're constantly looking for it. But if you have high dopamine levels already, you're already focused on the Got one it. thing that you're doing. So Got you're it. not easily distracted. Got it. Makes perfect sense. I, um, I, one time in college, my buddy gave me an Adderall to study and kind of told me like the impacts and it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was like, yes. I don't know if you remember your first time taking an Adderall, but like I, I would look down to study, I look up at the clock and it's like, whatever, 6 PM look down to study. And I'm just like locked in and I look back up and it's like 10 o'clock at night. And it feels like 15 minutes have passed. Yes. Right. And I'm just like, meanwhile, I've been working four hours of just like pure concentrated. I'm like, Whoa, this is, this stuff works. <laughs> it, it does. I remember in undergrad, the first time we, a bunch of us that were in the same chemistry and organic chemistry classes, we all studied on the weekends together. And I in college also worked at a nightclub. So I had to study during the day on Saturday and Sunday, cause I had to work Saturday night and Friday night. So we, I would, the first time I would do it, I, I took some in the morning. And like you said, you look at the, the clock and it's 10 or 11 AM and then you're doing something. And all of a sudden it's like seven hours have gone by and mm -hmm. you've done so much studying and you don't even realize how much you just took in. Yeah. So Interesting. The, yeah, I, I, I remember I, at, at one point I did have a prescription for it from a doctor that I was able to use, but I only would take it a couple of days a month to actually when I needed to study. So it, it had a dramatic impact for those of you who have never taken Adderall and have no idea what we're talking about. So yeah, and don't, that, don't, by the way, if you don't have a prescription, I mean, this is just entertainment. Uh, <laughs> <disclaimer>. <laughs> wanna, yeah. yeah. You know, you know how it goes. The disclaimers, disclaimers coming in right now. So don't take <laughs> it. Um, no. uh, so, but then, so then the, the new tropics, um, what you're saying is they, they, they imitate that effect that Adderall has probably yes. not, probably not as like, uh, potent, but a lot of the same things going on. Yeah. So if the chemical structure of Adderall, like every molecule has its own structure, right? So the way that things work is that the shape of the molecule ha has an effect on where it binds in the body and there's an mm -hmm. enzyme that receives it. So it's kind of like a lock and key type of okay. thing. Yeah. So the molecule of amphetamine is, which is Adderall, is very similar to a naturally occurring compound called phenylalanine, which is an amino acid. And um, through manipulating that molecule, or I'm sorry, nature actually manipulated the molecule. So there's different derivatives of this phenyl, uh, phenylethylamine, which is very similar in structure to Adderall. Mm -hmm. So it can mimic 
to an extent, it binds to the same receptors and, and has the same effect uh, or partial effect. You get some of it. It's obviously not as strong as the pharmaceutical, but yeah. it, it binds to the same receptors. So me as a chemist can look at the molecule and say, okay, this is the part that is soluble in water. This is the part that's soluble in fat. This is how it fits in the enzyme. How can we make it get into your system and get across your blood brain barrier, which is, has, um, is mostly fat soluble stuff, but fat soluble things are hard to get into your system orally. So delivery systems have been a challenge as far as getting things into your body at a decent rate of absorption and bioavailability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you look at a molecule and you say, okay, this has the same properties as that I think it will elicit the same effect. And then you either look up a study and showing that it does in fact confirm that or some of the things I based off of research and then try myself and say, okay, this has a very strong effect. This has a very little effect. What's the right dose to use on these things and how can they, how can I amplify the effects to get the desired focus for lacrosse example? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So how does then the nootropic help a lacrosse goalie? Cause I, I, you know, with my experience with the Adderall, um, like I'm very focused on, uh, I don't know, like a math problem set. That's very yeah. different than saving an 85 mile an hour shot. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, does it, does it help with the reaction or does it just help me stay like focused on the ball in the stick and then I can pick it up a little bit better? I think it heightens your awareness a lot. So in, and in turn makes you hyper, hyper active of things that are coming at you. And that results in you having an extreme focus on whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I have found that taking a nootropic and then playing goalie, I was able to track the ball much better and stay focused on the ball and see shots more clearly and react, I think, more uh, efficiently versus not. And a lot of people, like I, like I said before, caffeine isn't really a nootropic. A lot of people take caffeine because it gives you like energy, but it doesn't elicit the same effect as these nootropics do that. It's a different mechanism inside your brain. And yeah. so I really do think that as a lacrosse goalie or any, even a lacrosse player in general, it can heighten your sense of like following the ball or getting a pass or shooting. It just, you're incredibly focused on what you're doing. Yeah. And again, not, not medical advice. See a doctor if you're going to do it, all, all that good stuff. But, um, is, is it one of those things where, cause you know, when you drink a lot of like coffee or maybe you have a Red Bull, like your, you, your heart kind of speeds up a little bit, you know what I mean? And then that can get a right. little bit dangerous, I think, uh, especially as a yes. goalie, right. Cause or even as any athlete, then you're running around. Does, does the nootropics have that effect? Some of them do do, but most of them do not. And that's what kind of separates the things like caffeine, which stimulate your central nervous system versus the things that stimulate your brain to uh, release dopamine, release serotonin, increase oxygen intake, uh, which cause, cause parts of your brain to communicate with each other that normally wouldn't. So your brain is kind of functioning at a faster pace. So it's, it's different than just accelerating your entire body. So you don't get the jittery effect that you get from, like you said, a Red Bull, which has, I think, 200 milligrams or something of caffeine, which mm -hmm. is what's causing that. And mm -hmm. so these compounds that I've looked into more are more about 
how it affects your brain and, and not so much how it affects your nervous system. Interesting. So you do, but you do, you can't just grab any nootropic and, and think that they're all going to be the same because a lot of them have different ingredients. Right. Yeah. So the, my product specifically, I don't know if you could see this. Let's see. Nootropic. Yes. So I use, when I, when I set out to make this product, like I said, I tried to find what things mimic how uh, the prescription ADHD medications, um, how like um, SSRIs work, like serotonin, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, like for mood enhancement, and how what are the, how these compounds affect your brain uh, um, motility and how much oxygen is getting into your brain and communication, all these little factors that mm-hmm. that you when you mix them all together create this one really strong effect of intense focus and, re- and you're in a really good mood and it can it, it heighten your sense of euphoria. Mm, interesting. Just like a save. <laughs> yes, it's exactly. You're amplifying your save. So you're getting yeah. double the dopamine hit. Double, double the, the dopamine hit. Um, <laughs> if someone was going to try one, and again, we're not saying you should, but if, if they were going to, is there a certain age you should really be, or, or is this safe for, for any age? So most supplements that are sold in the stores or online are recommended 18 or over. There are some ingredients that can be considered like they're so regulation is called GRAS, which is generally recognized as safe, G-R-A-S. Okay. And so those ingredients are can be used at younger ages. Some of these, some of the ingredients like the ones I've used have um are strong stimulants, so that it might be too much for somebody who has never taken anything before. And and as a younger, I, I would think that the doses for somebody younger would be lower than the dose that I recommend for somebody who's 18 or older. What, what, um, dose do you recommend? Is it just one, one of the pills? So my, my pill is eight capsules as a full serving, just cause it's a lot of material. Like I used a thousand milligrams of Kana, a thousand milligrams of Ivy leaf extract, which is once you release all the dopamine and serotonin, how do you prevent it from breaking down? You have enzymes that want to break down everything that comes into your body because it sees it as foreign, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you prevent the breakdown of these compounds? And, and so Ivy Leaf, I came across a study that showed that it prevented the breakdown significantly of dopamine, serotonin, and adrenaline. So you, when you take this particular extract, all of your senses are heightened and your adrenaline is higher than normal. So that also increases the focus. Mm-hmm. And so I just have a lot of material overall in the product. That's why it was eight capsules, but it really just depends on the ingredient, like, um, and what the dose is. Cause some things are as little as five milligrams is enough to have a crazy effect. Actually, there's an ingredient in here that's in micrograms, which is 10 to the negative six grams. And so that's 1000th of a milligram. Oh, wow. Just just a little, just a little little sprinkle. (laughs) Yep, exactly. But it's That's awesome. But the ingredient works really well for the other part of the nootropic I haven't talked about is uh, acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter that causes your body to be awake and alert. Mm-hmm. And so the this little comp, this compound that I use in such a very small dose 
is an inhibitor of the enzyme that breaks down acetylcholase. So you have more free acetylcholine in your brain, which creates a more heightened awareness and alertness factor. Yeah. Wow. I Does just that make sense? I Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, at a very high level, I mean, I don't get, I don't get it. You know, I don't have the same passion for chemistry that you have, which I love. That's it's so awesome to, to hear you talk about it. Um, I could just imagine you going on this, like just going in the rabbit hole, you know, of like doing yes. all this research. And then next thing you know, you're like, bam, Kana guys, Kana, that's it. Yes. And then like, I don't know, did you go to South Africa or like, how do you go about procuring no. this, this thing that's over there? So the, my manufacturing facility is one of my partners for Chemex and they, are able to source almost anything that I ask for. They they deal with different vendors that have uh, representatives worldwide that like ingredients that are made in China or made in India or not like or naturally occurring. I mean, in India or China or South Africa, and they yeah. gather these botanicals and then they're manufactured. And then that vendor is in contact with my supplier and said, "Hey, I, I can get this for you." this is how much it is. This is, and then they send um, a certificate of authorization or authenticity, like a C of a showing mm -hmm. that this, this um, supplement is guaranteed for this percentage of the active ingredient that you're looking for, wow. or it's a 10 to one extract or five to one extract, meaning like for every five kilograms, you get one kilogram of active material kind of thing. Yeah. And, and what is kind of, is it a root? Is it a leaf? What, what exactly is it? It's a leaf. It's a leaf. It's part of a plant. Yeah. Yep. So they, they take these and they chew them and they, through getting absorbed mostly through like your, your glands in your lip and your, in your mouth. I mean, then that's what gives you the, the same effect like chewing tobacco does. How it, it sure. increases the nicotine. This one just increases your uh, serotonin and dopamine levels. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for going the rabbit hole on this show. I think that's as that's as technical as we've ever gotten in the in the uh, organic chemistry realm. But that that was awesome. Uh, Sticky, I do. Go ahead. Sorry, just to, so if anyone wants to see like more of this, or even like I have a visual board that I make these whiteboard videos mm. specifically talking about all this stuff. So if they were interested in in learning like exact or understanding more what I'm talking about, I actually have a visual board where I draw the molecules, explain how they work show the part of the molecule that binds to which part and how, and how it goes. So I have a bunch of, I have a video on every product I've ever made on a whiteboard. So if someone wants to see those, you can either YouTube search it or I post them on my Instagram. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that's a, that's a, a better, I, I know visual tools help out a lot. So yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Someone interested, that, that's the, another resource they have. Yeah. But even just like, I don't know of any other company that takes that level of like care and, and, um, you know, time to, to like explain every single product and the molecules behind it. That's cool. That's cool. Hopefully we inspire at least one goalie listening to this, to be a, to be a chemist, <laughs> to be an organic, to major in organic chemistry. That would be a win. That would be a win for me. And I'm that sure would for be you a as huge well. win. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, sticking with supplements. Uh, are there other supplements that you think athletes in general, or more specifically lacrosse goalies would benefit from? Yes. For sure. So usually every program has some type of weightlifting regimen. And so there are uh, enough natural supplements that can help build muscle, burn fat, increase, you know, aerobic activity, higher levels of oxygen in your blood, stuff like that. All of that can, um, can cause you to have 
a better performance on the field and mm-hmm. more athletic ability. So like you can run longer because you have more oxygenated blood in your system, stuff like that. So there's a, like there's mu- mushrooms have a lot, not those mushrooms, but m- mushrooms in general have a lot of compounds that can help with oxygenation. And uh, are you familiar with the term, what a free radical is? Have you heard that term before or antioxidants, like how you take antioxidants, like vitamin C? Yeah, I've taken vitamin C. Okay. <laughs> so, so, sorry if we're getting a little technical, but like things that are free radicals are basically things that can break down cells and that affects you mentally and physically. So a lot of supplements have antioxidants which prevent that from happening. So they bind with the free radical and then it doesn't deteriorate your cell, which then gives you more energy uh, to run longer or to focus better. Okay. What, what are we sense. talking about specific? Yeah. Yeah. What like creatine, like what, like what specifically do you think kid, um, adults 18 and up should, should look at? Creatine is, is something that increases your production of adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP, which is your body's energy currency. Mm-hmm. So cr- the way creatine works is it increases the production of that energy that your body runs off of. And so in turn, you can lift more weights or run faster or longer because you have more of the energy currency that your body runs on. Oh, got it. So okay. the creatine, and then creatine also brings water into your cells. It's a very good hydrator. And when your cells are really hydrated, that's when you can increase muscle performance. Um, there was a study that showed as little as 2% dehydration can decrease per, um, performance by over 20%. So that, wow. that's a huge amount of performance you're missing out on if you're not hydrated properly. Yeah. So creatine can do that, which I think has a very pronounced effect on training, running, lifting weights, any of those things. Yeah. I remember uh, you and I are about the same age. I graduated high school in 1999 and, and creatine like came out and, and there was yes. like, you know, that was kind of like the time it came out and it was, you know, the big... Um, I mean, there was all the benefits that, that they listed, just like you said, but the big thing was, well, there's no studies. There hasn't been any studies on it because it, because it just came out and here we are 23 years later and it's probably, correct me if I'm wrong, the most studied supplement and everything that they have, have come out in these studies have been nothing but positive. Am I right? hundred percent. It is the, the most studied and proven ingredient to help with performance. Yeah. That's amazing. So yeah, good thing so, good thing I started uh, back in '99. I was just way ahead of way ahead of the curve on that we were, one. <laughs> we were the guinea pigs of of creatine. Yeah, you know what's funny is bodybuilders tend to be the guinea pigs of supplements, right? Like yes. it, it, a lot of bodybuilders end up using a supplement like way before like doctors end up recommending that supplement to someone else for another reason, right? Right. Yeah. So bodybuilding is an extreme sport, right? So the, the mentality of a bodybuilder is very extreme. How, what are the limits I can take my body to? How can I get there? How can I build muscle faster? How can I burn as much fat to be as lean as possible? So having that mentality kind of, in my opinion, inhibits some of your uh, caution for trying something new. Mm-hmm. And so there are, have been people in the past that, are they're not some are chemists like the person that inspired me to go to school is is patrick arnold who was one of the only chemists i believe in the supplement industry he was responsible for bringing andro to the market if you remember that supplement 
I uh, the one that Mark McGuire, like oh Mark yeah, McGuire, yeah, 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 like a like a steroid, right? Performance enhancing that that it wasn't. It, yeah, it technically is a steroid, but it wasn't considered one at the time because it was naturally occurring. Got it. So yeah, it was like a a cheat code type of thing. But yeah, he so he was a chemist and he was uh, one of the guys that you're talking about, like on the forefront of like trying new things and trying them on yourself and then giving them to bodybuilders say, Hey, take this, you'll work out, you know, for three hours instead of one hour or something like that, or take this and you'll, it will burn more fat than you normally would with just diet and exercise. So he's one of those guys uh, that was looking always at the extreme, like what's the next big thing. And he has, he's brought yeah. more new novel ingredients and products to the market than anyone and i'm trying to follow him on i mean like the the legalities have changed since his day of the early 2000s sure, like yeah. regulations so that's why it's even harder to find stuff that actually works because yeah. like andro works on everybody it's like a testosterone it's, it's similar to testosterone in action yeah. so you it is kind of like almost taking steroids but now you can't have any of those so what you have to find something else that's naturally occurring that works really well yeah. Interesting. All right. So creatine thumbs up. Um, yes. Creatine's good. Creatine thumbs up. Any, any others come to mind that, that, um, goalies could see some, some positive impact, positive effects. So, um, glycerol is something that keeps you hydrated and they make glycerol powders. Like, um, they're usually about 50% material. So that's something that keeps you hydrated throughout a game, which can really help, you know, with your performance and then I personally like there's a mushroom extract called peak O2, like O2 is in oxygen. Mm -hmm. And it's a blend of six different mushrooms that all have increased effect on your performance by allowing you to increase oxygen levels to your brain, to your blood, or through your blood, throughout your body, as well as increase your power that you can put out. And increase the amount of repetitions you can do for whether it's running or lifting weights. So I really like that ingredient, uh, Pico two a lot. I think that's something that's safe. It's all, it's all made from mushrooms that you can buy at the store. So mm. there's nothing. Yeah, you, were, you were talking about the, the, the benefits of mushrooms earlier, not, not the magic mm -hmm. ones, the, the normal sure. ones. <laughs> the magic ones is a whole different story of, of benefits, but I, I've made posts on that before. And that's actually a very, hot topic in the medical community now. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. I listen to a lot of Tim Ferriss. Um, and yeah, he's been, he's been talking a lot about the microdosing for like mm -hmm. P PTSD, um, and, and the benefits that they're seeing of just getting over trauma. But anyway, I'm not yeah. Tim Ferriss and <laughs> you can go, you can go listen to those. I'm sure if you Google that, if you're interested, you can, you can check it out. Is glycerol, is that the same as glycerine? Yes. So okay. glycerin is, is, um, a liquid that you could buy at the grocery store or like a CVS or something. Yeah. And that works the same way. The, the, uh, the glycerol powder is that glycerin on a carrier, like silica usually or something. So that's how you can make it into a powder. Cause most supplements are powder, not liquid. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's and, the same. And that same one thing. really helps with sleep too, right? I haven't no. seen a study on sleep with glycerol. Okay. I will say that, it helps prevent hangovers because you are completely hydrated. So I always talk to like in college, I would tell my friends here, after you go out drinking, take this glycerol and drink it with a, a bottle of water and you'll feel better in the morning because you'll be hydrated because yeah. part of being 
hungover is dehydration. That's why some why you feel shitty. There you so, go. Well, that could be that could be a good tip for a college kid. <laughs> yes. Uh, love it. Any supplements that come to mind for you um, that are pretty popular that um, you're just like, no, nah, that that you shouldn't don't take that. That doesn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> so beta alanine is an amino acid and it's a hugely popular supplement. And the 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 study or the the thought process is that beta alanine and a naturally occurring amino acid in your body come together to form a molecule called carnosine and that can increase endurance. So people take beta alanine as a way to increase their levels of this carnosine, which increases their um, ability to do performance for an endurance. It's a very popular ingredient, but for the wrong reason, it's popular because it gives you the tingles. It's called a paresthesia. And so mm, yeah. it basically it your the nerves on the on the top of your skin like start to get really excited and you get this whole flush tingling feeling, which I personally hate, but it has been equated to, oh, I can feel this working, right? So when people <laughs> yeah. feel it, they, they equate that to results. So I personally am not a fan of this ingredient. I don't think that there's a whole lot of data to back it up. You have to take a lot of it over time for it to, to work. And most, and it's a very popular ingredient in a lot of pre-workout. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I, 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 when I experienced that feeling, it was, I took some of my sister's pre-workout one time and then (laughs) rode my bike to the gym. And when I got there, it was like, I mean, it was just tingling. And I'm like, I do not like this feeling. Like, this is not comfortable. (laughs) I know. I don't, I hate it. Like your ears start to burn and you feel flushed. And so it's, it's an ingredient that's popular for that reason, but not really an effective ingredient the way it's being used. Love that it. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming back on and kind of re- rehashing this. That was tons of fun. Um, where should people go if they're interested in checking you out, checking out the supplements? So Chemex is my company, which is the website is chemexlifestyle.com. All of the products have descriptions that I've written based on studies and have all the references that you can go and look at the study yourself, as well as somewhere between a five and 10 minute long video of me drawing the molecules and explaining why I picked this ingredient, how it works, all that stuff. All that is on the website. All those are on YouTube as well. And then my Instagram handle at the gorilla chemist with two R's and two L's like gorilla warfare. I post all those videos that I have. They're all in my, um, in my story and in my posts. And, and then I do a thing called molecule Monday, which every, every Monday I break down a new molecule and explain it, how it works, why you should take it, how much you take stuff like that. All right. You're offering a little PhD in, in chemistry yourself right on that page, huh? I, the, so the most rewarding thing that has happened from me doing this is I get messages saying you inspire me to go back to school or to change my major to chemistry, which is what happened to me. So that was like the main driver and why I do this is That's if great. I can get people interested in science, because most people aren't, uh, if I can get people interested in science via their application of it. So like my application was bodybuilding and then lacrosse. So if I can get people that normally don't pay attention to chemistry at all to see that, Oh, this is all chemistry that I'm doing without even realizing it, then it, it it's a really good connect on putting those two pieces together. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, really good work that you're doing. Keep it up. Um, what is the story behind the Gorilla Chemist? How come you went with that name? 
I wanted to use gorilla in, if you see my logo, it's an actual gorilla in a lab coat with gloves and goggles and that kind of thing, like a muscular gorilla. So people get that image in their head. And then the gorilla as in like underground kind of that sort of secret, not sure what's going on kind of thing, like a gorilla lab or like a gorilla warfare, that kind of thing. So that was the play on it. And I didn't start that until 2015. And then because my, when I was at university of Tampa, my um, boss, who's Jacob Wilson, he's like, you need to get on Instagram to show people what this is. And this, like I said, this is 2014 or 15. So it wasn't as huge as it is now where everybody's on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that's like, you got to start sharing this. And so I came up with that name during the, my time there in Tampa and then just went with it. Love it. Love it. Well, check it out. I'll link up to this when this comes out. Um, this next question, I actually do remember the answer to from our first interview, but I'm hoping you could tell the story again. I got to ask about the hair. Tell us about the hair. Okay. So one, growing up in the 90s as a kid, loved punk rock music, loved uh, Kurt Cobain is one of my idols. And a big thing was dyeing your hair to like express yourself as like the anti-culture kind of thing, right? Or counterculture. So when I was a kid, we used to like kind of use sun in. Do you remember sun in? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we would to, lighten your, to like lighten your hair. Exactly. And then yeah. we would use food coloring to dye it. So like that was us as 12 year old kids trying to be cool. But then everything changed in um, 1996 when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So then I started dyeing my hair pink in October to like kind of try and heighten breast cancer awareness and breast cancer research. And every year since then, I have dyed my hair pink every October. My wedding was in October. And I told my wife, I'm not compromising on this. My hair will be pink. It doesn't have to be super bright pink like it is, but it will be pink on in October for our wedding. So, so and uh, my mom is cancer-free, which is awesome. Oh, and my sister went through the same experience and she's now cancer-free. Wow. So that, that was, that's the main reason why I do the pink is, is for breast cancer awareness. And the rest of it like this is just my way of expressing myself. And I'm lucky enough to have, be my own boss and no one can say you have to look like a certain way to do your job. So, so that's why I do it just because it's something that is important to me for various reasons, but my mom was a big one. Yeah. Love that. Thank you for sharing that again. And you look good. You look good, Brian. Thank you so thank much you. for coming on the show. Uh, that was tons of fun. Thank you for having me, Damon. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing with the sport, getting goalies out there, getting exposure of everybody. I really, really love what you're doing. Thank you for doing it. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was Brian Moscow, co-founder and CEO of the Chemex Lifestyle, aka the Gorilla Chemist. Awesome dude. Love to see his passion about uh, chemistry, biology, the sciences and lacrosse goalie, supplements, all that all that stuff. I know that was really um, educational for me, learning about you know the ways that serotonin and dopamine affect our concentration. Really interesting stuff. Hope you learned a thing or two uh, in that episode. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more episodes. We're heading into the final four. Uh, it is May 20th as this comes out. Lots of lacrosse left to play, but I'm excited. I'm excited for the tournament. I know Brian as well. Brian is as well. We've been uh, we've been chatting quite a bit on Instagram about these games. All right. As always, get out there, get some work in, 
Do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.